You know, I was thinking about this NFL transfer portal, the one that Connor Orr was talking about when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And I know that when this thing started to pick up legs, people were talking about uh, Justin Fields could be leaving. You know what? It dawned on me last night that this would probably work in the Bears' favor. Like, we talk about, like, oh, Justin Fields should leave. No, no, no. What about all the guys who would want to come and play with Justin Fields? Did you not see Jamison Williams' face when he was drafted by the Detroit Lions? Do you think that's not a guy who would love to transfer over? Kyle Pitts, who's been working out with Justin Fields. You don't think he would want to get out of Atlanta? So let me tell you, everybody, who wants to use this as an opportunity to take shots at the Chicago Bears. I don't think it would work out the way that you would want it to. And you know what? I think especially with the way the Bears are looking, the trajectory of the team right now, there is something starting to build. And something that is also starting is this show. So, Sammy, why don't you go ahead and roll the animation? Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. It's me, Adam Rank. Huge show for you today. And I know they say that every time, but this time I really mean it. The voice of the Bears, Chicago, uh, the voice of the Chicago. Listen, I'm already excited. The voice of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak, will be joining us here in a matter of moments. The Bears rookies will be reporting to Hallis Hall this weekend. I want to talk a little bit about Ryan Tannehill. A lot of cool stuff going on both in the NFL and with our Chicago Bears. But right now, uh, I'm excited. For our, for our guests. And I'm here to tell you, I have the opportunity to listen to every single voice in the NFL. I hear them all. And I got to be honest with you. I, this is something that I discovered five, six years ago. Now, NFL Game Pass, I don't usually shill for a lot of NFL products that we do. NFL Game Pass is awesome. And one of the things, the greatest discovery, even more so than the All-22s and everything, is that you're able to hear the home calls of your favorite team. If you're in, if you're living in Idaho and you want to hear Matt Money Smith call the Chargers, you could do that. And of course, I have for the last five, six years, I've been listening to Jeff and I will sit there. I have a command center. I have the, the red zone up and I, I don't have them on yet because I, I, I don't want to make him blush, but I have the red zone up. I got the Bears game on. I got another game on and I'm listening to Jeff the whole time. And I'm going to tell you right now, he is the best in the business. He is the best voice of the NFL and he is joining us right now on the sick podcast jeff i i am so excited to be here with you thank you so much for for humbling us oh man you're way 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 too kind but i do appreciate it thank you for listening i don't take it lightly it's uh humbling for sure so good to talk to you i know you're passionate about uh the navy blue and orange the beloved so let's break it down let's do it it's, you know what? I'm excited for this team and I'm curious to get your take on this. Obviously Ryan Poles just completed his first draft. What are your early impressions of him and how he's been doing on the job? You know, he's steady, cool as a cucumber. Uh, you know, he may be youthful in terms of that position and it's his first experience as being in charge, but um, he's had a ton of experience. He's a former player. So that helps. And one that was in the trenches. So that helps even more. I like having an offensive lineman. And he surrounded himself in that front office. Ian Cunningham, his right-hand man there, assistant general manager, also a former offensive lineman. So I, I'm a big believer, and you 
spend some time talking with me about this on our own shows, but I I love old fashioned football, you know, grind it out, begin in the trenches. You know, you, you build your offensive and defensive lines like Jim Finks did back in the eighties. And that led to the Bears Super Bowl team in 85. And uh, I'm a, I'm a run the ball guy. Now I know that flies in the face of a lot of guys (laughs) that want the aerial show, but I do believe you can uh, win a Super Bowl that way. And I think, that'll be proven out down the road as well around this league. It's, it's not just throwing the football. Uh, it's, it's winning in the trenches and uh, having a running game to help a young quarterback like Justin right. Fields. Yeah. And it's one of, well, you, you sit with Tom Thayer over and over. So obviously you love the offensive line and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. The bears did not take an offensive lineman in, in the first three rounds. Uh, they added a lot uh, on day three. We obviously used uh, – we got two good ones last year with with Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. How do you think the offensive line is shaping up at the moment? You know, it is a wait-and-see proposition. I mean, Matt Eberflus has even has gone as far as to say – talk to me in week one, you know, and that may be the case. I mean, they're at, they have a luxury right now because this is a, a gigantic puzzle right now. They don't even have 90 men on the roster just yet. So they're, they, this roster is going to change, in my opinion, a lot. I think about – John Schneider in Seattle when they started with Pete Carroll and it was an, un- I mean, you may know the number of transactions yeah. that happened. I think it was like 212. The- like it was an insane I mean, amount of them. I think it was 500 over two years. I'm not Good. joking. Look it up. No, no, I, I agree. I, I think I undersold it. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys are going to find what works for them moving forward. And it's not all about right now and find out what you have. And if you're going to need to add, you know, with guys being cut, I mean, there's a lot of veterans still on the street too, and there'll be a lot more after the end of training camp. I think the vets in this league have realized in the last few years that uh, they're on the short end of the stick and there's a lot of good players still out there that still can play, but I'd rather they find young guys and teach them. They feel this coaching staff is an outstanding teaching staff. So let's mold them in, into the bears that you want them to be moving forward. So the offensive line right now, you know, they're starting out with Borm at left on the left side, Tevin on the yeah. right side. Um, and, but we'll see what these new four guys come in. You know, this is a deeper draft offensive lineman. These four, the uh, three of the four offensive linemen ran sub five second 40. So they're athletic. Yeah. There's some dancing bears in there, but some are pretty raw and they're going to be put in different positions. I think they can all, probably move inside if necessary. And a couple of them can be outside at tackle and we'll see where they start this weekend. But uh, I'm excited um, also for Doug Kramer, an undrafted, uh, excuse me, a fifth round pick out of um, Illinois, a sixth round pick out of Illinois. I don't have, there was 11 picks. I still don't have yeah, the rounds. There's a lot, just, there was a lot of them. It was just a blur, but uh, this is a, a guy's uh, just love. And he, he's like you, Adam, he's bear crazy and has been since birth. So that's a kind of a unique situation because he, he literally loves the bears. So this is a great opportunity for uh, what has been described. And he probably, gri- you know, grimaces when he hears it, an undersized center, but a really smart player and started, you know, a bunch of games at, at U of I 48 games. Yeah. He's a really good football player. And I think that that was one of the steals of the draft. And I think that I kind of like the approach that he took. I know that, you know, everybody, you know, this it's a departure from previous regime regimes where you would have possibly traded up in the first round. But I think that trading down and getting all those draft picks in the third round and building the depth, I outside of Chad Reuter from the NFL Network, I don't know a lot of guys who really appreciated what he did, but I thought it was the the best way to possibly go with this draft. 
You kind of painted the picture really before the draft with the, uh, the, the league's required news conference with the media. And he was fairly transparent. You know, sometimes you look with a wary eye and say, you know, it's just GM speak or personnel speak, but he basically said, yeah, Hey, listen, I'd love to add picks. Didn't say how he was going to do it when he was going to do it. Um, and you know, and I brought this up, I interviewed Ryan on Monday up at Hallis hall, uh, for one of the bears, uh, sites. And, uh, he, I, I said, you know, the, the draft board's living, breathing thing yeah. and you have to treat it like that. And so he let the draft, as he put it, he, he listened to the board. He let, and I really believe that you, you put so much time into that board. You can overdo it every year. If you, if you let yourself and yeah. I, and I know that some GMs do, and you could stare at it and stare at it and think and overthink and, you know, just let it talk to you. And that's what he did. He seems like a very level-headed calm guy and he let the board talk to him so as opposed you know i know the whole wide receiver thing's going to come up at the top of the draft why'd you go with two defensive backs hey i'm sitting here and i'm not just saying this because (laughs) i got this on my shirt right i love safeties i think you have to have a a bad man back there at safety who is going to set the tone and maybe jaquan brisker will be that guy um moving forward and and the guy that's going to be you know keep receivers heads on a swivel tight ends heads on a swivel uh make the big hit that's going to jar the ball loose that's going to you know start the momentum for the defense and give it a little bit more swagger uh and i so drafting a, a guy in the second round i'm all for it years ago uh george payton was at the bears the the current denver gm and mm-hmm. uh, i was looking at tapes for the draft and i'm looking at safeties and it was the year mike brown came out and he said, eh, you know, tell me what you think. And I, Rogers Beckett, I think out of San Diego State. That was my yeah. guy. I, I loved yeah. the way he played. And he kept sending me this tape of Mike Brown. I go, ah, not the fastest, not the fastest. Mm-hmm. Boy, he gets there in a hurry and he's pretty nasty. And, you know, they picked Mike Brown. The first day of rookie minicamp, Mike Brown was lining up the defense, barking at everybody. He set the tone. Mike Brown was a bad man in a, yeah. in a good way. And it was one of my favorite players of all time for the Bears. So if, if a guy like Brisker can be that kind of guy to help set the tone for the defense, definitely needed corners. You had to have corners. Um, there's good competition now. And I think Kyler Gordon will definitely compete for a starting job. So I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with having those guys up top. Now, I agree with you. I was one of those those people. I'm probably a little bit more pass-friendly, perhaps, uh, than you You're know, younger than me. That's okay. I'm the, I'm the old it's, man it's okay. here. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, I, but I love running the football and I came into the draft and I said, I want to draft wide receivers. I'm I, that's, that's the way I wanted to go. But I mean, Kyler, if you would have told me though, that Kyler Gordon was going to be available at 39, I'd be like, okay, I changed my mind. And Brisker is a guy who I'll be honest with you, Jeff. I, I didn't, I've seen Penn state play. And now that we've drafted him, I've gone and looked at him. A little, I love this guy. Right. I love that. He's wearing number nine. I don't, it just seems right. Like everything about it. And I love the Mike Brown comp. And I think what a lot of people don't understand what like Mike Brown made a lot of plays like had there, there was back-to-back weeks. Um, it was a game. 2001. 2001. Your first My year, first right? Year, yeah. first, your yeah. first year. Yeah. So you, Mike Brown makes those plays in back-to-back weeks, the Cleveland game, the one that probably everybody remembers. They're not flukes because he knows where to be on a football field. And it feels like Brisker is the exact same way. And I think it'll help Eddie Jackson and vice versa as well. You know, he had another Penn State guy back there at safety, and I thought that was the best of Eddie Jackson. Adrian Amos was back there. And yeah, 
they were very solid back there and Eddie Jackson had his best year. So he's had a lot of different safeties come through. And I know there's a belief that, you know, from some scouts and GMs, you can find safeties anywhere in the draft. And and that's, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I go look at the playoff contenders every year and go check out their safeties. And yeah. I, I mean, we know the names and mm-hmm. I just really think that'll help a great deal moving forward. And Eddie Jackson is looking to have a, a huge year as well. So this is going to be, what they hope to be a takeaway defense, you know, put the pressure uh, with a four-man rush, make them come home and get that ball tipped up in the air and take some balls away, and then Jarrett loose as well. They got to tackle better and be nasty. Absolutely. And you think about, I always hate the notion, too, that they're not helping out Justin Fields because they drafted defense, but you look at games last year, San Francisco, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken, like if the secondary holds up in those games, they win. How does that not help Justin Fields? Right. Every Listen, eventually you're going to look at Justin Fields and say, okay, how, how are you going to make us better now? Right? Mm-hmm. That that time is coming. Like, you got to rise all boats, but field position matters. There were so many games last year. He's taken over all the Bears quarterbacks, you know, inside their own 10 or 15-yard <laughs> line, and that's, Wait you know, me. long fields are brutal. Uh, the return game, set them up, take the ball away, set them up, sudden change, take advantage of it. Uh, and you know, I don't know how good the defense is going to be in this new four, three, there's going to be a learning curve for sure. Uh, but you know, there's, there's going to be some hungry guys that are looking to cash in down the road. There's some one year deals, uh, of younger guys that could really play themselves into a bigger deal. So Ryan Poles from day one said, Hey, I want some guys with chips on their shoulders. And I know that's cliche. Almost every player that comes in the league has something to be upset about, right? Uh, that they want to make something better. Real or imagined. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Real or imagined. And I'm okay with that, but it's just the style of play. I would like the bears to be what the city expects them to be. And I'm not just talking wins and losses, be that nasty team that each week teams are going to kind of fear going into because they know they're going to be in for a tough day and it's going to hurt. Yeah. And they're going to be, and, and you look sometimes at teams that are physical teams, what the team that came and played, what their record is after they play the Bears. I want that to look ugly. Bears may yeah. not win, but I want them to set a tone like this is what we're going to be. We talk about, and I'm sure you've talked about this on your show. I don't, I don't know if you just talk Bears. It looks like you do. That's um, pretty much it. Yeah, but you close your eyes. What do you want a Bear to look like moving forward? I don't care what position. Could be Justin, could be the O-line, could be the defense, could be your return man. I want to close my eyes and know what a bear looks like from this day moving forward. And it continues this way because Ryan Poles is doing this the way that I feel most GMs start, but they sometimes have a hard time maintaining is that I want consistency. I want to be an annual contender. And you you can't have the huge dips. And, And frankly, the bears have had a lot of huge dips. So you close your eyes, you know what a Baltimore Raven looks like. You close your yeah. eyes, you know what a Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the AFC North and the NFC North, you know, you're expecting to have wars, right? Yeah. Just physical, nasty battles. Teams that That's hate each other see. for real. Yeah. yeah. I know this is somewhat of a fantasy for me, but yeah. I like the old, it's not. You know, the muddy field and, you know, blood it's- on your face, man. I mean, I just, that's what I love, but we'll see. It's not really a fantasy, and it, it really is like something the Bears that you want them to do. Like when the when the Ravens went into their draft, and they took Lindenbaum and they took Kyle Hamilton, those were Ravens players. You're like, of course, like of course, that's yeah. where they went. And I think with the first two picks, 
Those are the kind of guys that we can look back on five years from now and say, that's a Bears type player. And I get it. I understand exactly what you mean. It goes through and, you know, I'm more, you know, the Lovey Smith era. Like you knew what the Bears were all about. Like that annual contender. There was a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun in that, that when you first started off, like that was a lot of fun. Those teams were competitive every year. And I think that that's what Ryan Poles is going to do. Yeah. And I think that that's the direction. I do want to ask you though. Um, so obviously they didn't take a wide receiver in those first two rounds, which is fine. Bayless Jones, yeah. who over the last week, and now he's wearing 12, which is perfect. I, I don't know if it's because everybody has been acting like, or I think people are making too much about his age. They're making too much about the fact that he was in college for as long as Tommy boy or whatever. I have now grown to like, this might be my, this might be my favorite player. What do you know about him? Well, I talked to somebody in Tennessee and uh, they said, once he got into the slot last year at Tennessee, he took off. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's where he thrived. And so he's a great kid. Um, Grew up in Mobile. So he was around the senior bowl his entire life. So this is an emotional thing for him to be in the national football league. He grew up, you know, getting autographs from all his favorite NFL players down to the senior bowl every year. And now it's, it's a reality and he's here. Um, I get the whole age thing too, but you know what, when the average is 3.1 years in the NFL, I can't worry about that. I I just can't because these things flip over quickly. So what can you give me for the next five years? Right. And then we'll see if he plays his four. Yeah. If he plays his full four year contract, I think that's a win. Right. And then, you know, and we'll see where he's at, but he's got great speed. Obviously he's physical. He's, you know, there's a lot of different, um, you know, people have mentioned Debo. I I can't do that. You know, Debo's Debo's special. He's just flat out special, but I get the whole wide receiver who carries himself like a running back, great contact balance, hard to put him down to the ground. We'll, we'll roll over you. And if he gets ahead of momentum and you know, that's who he is with the ball in his hand. So, I think of Marty Booker back from those yes. those old days. You know, Marty was just as fast, maybe had more lateral quickness, and, and Marty attacked the football. If this guy's going to attack the football and be hard to bring down to the ground, boom, I think that's a Bears win in, in the third round. So, And he adds versatility. Because he can also be a gunner, and the special teams part of this is also significant because a lot of those guys on the Lovey Smiths team you know, they played special teams. I mean, Charles Tillman was outstanding oh, yeah. on special teams. He didn't, he didn't have Amazing. to be, he wanted, he put his hand up, put me in. So a lot of these college guys, they may not want to do that, but on this team, you're going to, you're going to have to do that. I think they do have some really potentially impactful special teams players in this draft class. Yeah. So I like the, Jones. What did you hear? What have you heard? I love it. Everything. I mean, he played at USC and somebody had asked me about him on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I really liked him um, coming in, coming into USC. I, he made big plays for the Trojans and then he graduated, went to Tennessee. I didn't quite watch him enough last year with the volunteers until, you know, over the past week, I really like what I see. And I really like the fact that, you know, even though our, you know, we don't have the, the biggest names uh, in our wide receiver room, but everybody has a role. Everybody's got something that they're going to specialize in. And I think that's almost as important. And when people talk about our lack of what our, I say this, I'm sorry. I know you're an employee of the team. You can say our, I'm still going to say it. I'm sorry. Um, I know that when I was on your show, I was doing that too. And I apologize to Tom. Oh, I apologize to Tom because he's got a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. I'm like, or, um, but it's, it's interesting because I think when you look at the totality of the offense and you look at David Montgomery and you look at Khalil Herbert and, 
you know, they picked up a couple of other running backs through the draft and through undrafted free agency. I'm like, I think this team's going to be successful. I, I think that there's enough there offensively. I'm not, listen, we might not go to the Super Bowl, but I think this team's going to be a lot more competitive than everybody else is letting on. Well, you know, it's going to be a process. The schedule is certainly going to be amenable to potentially that, although I don't put a lot of stock in that because uh, who, who are you the week you got to play the team you're playing? What's the injury yeah. situation? You know, what, what looks easy now may not be so easy and nothing's easy. Let's be honest. You got to be able to protect your quarterback, take the ball away and get some points on the board. So, you know, I, I Justin's going to get better in year two. Yeah. There's no question. He's not looking over shoulder. He's going to get better. And how can he develop the chemistry he needs to with these guys as soon as possible? Can he be protected? This, this is going to be a different offense. I'll be interested to see how it all looks. We don't really know. We don't really know yeah. how the attack's going to be. I do feel they're going to run the ball, though. I really do. Luke Getze is going to run the ball, and that'll help Justin more than anything um, to take the pressure off. Cole Komet, big year for him. You know, that's a that's a weapon. You got to make, make sure he develops, and Justin will have a lot to do with that. Darnell Mooney, forget about it, man. This, this guy is serious yeah. and wants to be a superstar. And he works at it like nobody I've ever seen. So he is committed and he's getting a lot of attention for that too. So it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's, well, you know, it's a big giant slate and we don't know how it's all going to look on day one. So that's, that's exciting to me. That is exciting. And by the way, uh, speaking of Darnell Mooney, Peter Schrager on good morning football on Thursday talked about him being one of the more underrated run, uh, wide receivers in the game. So it's good to see him getting some recognition. And you talk about this slate. And I'll ask you this and we'll, we'll wrap up with this. What is, I know they, I, I hope you don't, I hope you personally don't spend too much time on bears Twitter. Cause it'll, it'll drive you crazy. Cause you see the wide range of expectations. What, what should fans, what, what, what should be the reasonable expectation for a bears fan heading into 2022? You know, I, I, I have to say the word that's going to probably get me in trouble. It's patience. Uh, but you know, <laughs> not I, with me. I, no, that's not with know, me. Listen, let's be honest. I mean, it's it's a retooling of the entire roster, and there's going to be more than what exists right now, as I alluded to at the start of the show. So they're they're going to pick the guys that are going to be what they envision to be. The Bears are going to lead them eventually to a Super Bowl. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, just uh, it's asking a lot for Bears fans who've endured a, a roller coaster ride for, for decades, but the, the patience aspect of this, you know, Everybody's just going to focus on Justin's development. And, and that is, that is the most critical Big piece thing. for every team. So how he develops over the course of the season will, will lead us to more, more wins or more losses, depending on how it all works out, you know, learning this new offense, it seems to be a, a an ideal fit for him. Uh, can then we all stay healthy? You know, that's every team's yeah. mantra, obviously, but development got to see development across the board and adjust quickly to the new schemes. I think the defense will have an easier time of it right away just because, uh, from what I understand, it'll be a very simple system. See ball, get ball, you know, and take the ball away and smack them in the mouth. So everybody can do that if they want to do that. If they, if they have the heart to do it, they're going to want to do that. So, you know, I'm not – I never ever – I know you're going to ask me for, like, a reasonable expectation, 
That's uh, a, in terms that's, of wins and losses, I no, 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 I've no, never no. done that. So I'm not doing that. No, Jeff, I would not do that to you. As it as the voice of the, I would not do. I'm no. not going to do that to you. No, no, I, no, no, no. Everybody always asks, well, how many wins? How many wins? Ah, you know, don't. talk to me the day before the season and tell me yeah. what the roster looks like because I really don't know what the roster is going to look like. I think there'll be surprises along the way, and who knows what kind of moves can be made. But you know, if I, the, my reasonable expectation is set a solid foundation for growth. Yep. And even Matt Eberflus has talked about it down to it. If you've ever built a home, you know, you start with making sure the, the soil's right and the foundation's got to be poured right. That you got to do it the right way. There can yeah. be no quick fixes. There can be no shortcuts. And if they do that, I think the foundation for, for the future will be good. How's I that for it? I love how's it. that yeah. for expectation. I love it. That's, I think we're in concert. I think that any level-headed fan and yeah, I'll call out the people who, who don't agree with us as being non, non-rational, non-level-headed, but I think that's the right approach. And I think that any writer in the NFL who wants to say things like they're not setting up Justin Fields or he should look to get a trade or anything like that. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? They're they're The success of this team long-term is more important than what happens this season. And I think that's the most yeah, important 100%. thing. And, and let's talk about Justin. I mean, Justin still has, he's got to prove it too. Yeah. You know, so he's got all the tools in the shed, but it's, 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 you know, nothing is ever guaranteed. Nothing. So yeah. Yeah. Even at, listen, even at that position. Exactly. That's very true. What's guaranteed though, is you constantly delivering for bears fans. I love that you're on the call for this team. It makes me feel good. It It makes me feel warm in my heart. You do such a great job. I want to, I want (laughs) to thank you so much for joining us. I know you're busy. You got a ton of things going on. I hope that we can do this again some other absolutely, time. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe if if Tom will, you know, allow me back in too, I'd like to join you. Yeah, guys you, as you, well. you are more Any, than welcome. You any, are more anytime. than welcome. This is uh, I wash your back, you wash mine. All right, we're you good. love it. All keep right, Jeff. Well, thank- keep the faith, keep the passion, Bears fans. We'll talk That's- to you on the radio. All right. Sounds good. There he goes. The great. Oh my gosh, he's so good. The great Jeff Joniak. Uh joining us here today. This was listen, uh, I'm sure it came across. I was very scared that whole time. I'm so nervous. Uh, I really, I really do appreciate his calls. And I'll tell you this: uh, I'm very fortunate to, uh, I, you know, I live in Southern California. We have great broadcasters. I listen to a lot of listen. This is between you and me. I listen to a lot of these broadcasts. It's not listen. Now that he's gone, I can tell you the real story. He's great. I really do think he's the best. I love his call. And I thought of the first time I really started getting into listening to him. I'm like, gosh, he is so good. I mean, it's not a surprise. You know, it's Chicago. It's one of the biggest media markets in the world. Like, of course, you should be attracting the top talent, but it's really a testament to this team. And I think it's it's been a great stabilizing force of hearing his call. So I do appreciate him uh, being on the call. I do want to uh, talk about a couple of things, though. Number one, the rookies will be here over the weekend or depending on when you're listening to this. It might be going on as you're listening. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming out. Uh, the players' numbers came out, which I think was pretty cool. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Bayless Jones is going to wear number 12. Brisker is going to wear number nine. And uh, Kyler Gordon is going to wear six. Three, I, I know a lot of you might not put, you know, Allen Robinson in there. I do. I think it's three iconic numbers outside of going 34 and some of the retired numbers, obviously. But that's three iconic numbers, at least for recent history. I think that's pretty cool. If somebody, I don't know if somebody's wearing 22. It's always weird. Or 33. It's always weird to see those numbers in rotation. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun over the weekend. By the way, um, I know this came out this over uh, over the last couple of days. Probably the most overreported story uh, in the NFL right now. It's the whole 
it's the whole notion of Ryan Tannehill. Um, can you still hear me? Uh, I don't know if I knocked my, there was, there's my head. Hopefully, uh, Sammy will send me a note if you guys can't hear me anymore. And I'm just talking into the wind, but here's my thing. Ryan Tannehill. He did not, he did. He came out and said, listen, it's not my job to prepare or to groom Malik Willis to be the starting quarterback, the guy who replaces me. And then everybody's taken aside. Kurt Warner came out and said, this is outrageous. Kyle Long came out and said, you know what? It's, it's honestly up to the player to kind of mentor himself. And I think that there's probably a little bit of truth that lies in the middle. It's not the, 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 the light of the force, the dark side of the force. There's the gray goo is in the middle. You know what I'm saying? If you're a big star Wars fan, if you watch rebels, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I think, you know, I work for a place where one of my colleagues was actively working against me and trying to sabotage me or whatever. And uh, well, this person's no longer there. So don't worry about this. But, you know, like I, I I get gutted a little bit when I hear things like I'm not here to help him out. But in, in Ryan Tannehill's defense, like your job is not to help him. Like, yeah, like I don't I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the player himself. Like if you want to be willing um, to do to put in the work to do what is needed to be done. There's only so much you can do. Like I have call like I will help out anybody. Um, and I always try to go above and beyond to help anybody who shows a willingness to, to succeed, who wants to get better. Like I, I'm happy to tell everybody like, here's, here's my secrets. Here's what I did. And then those people who go out there and do it, that I will be willing to help them out and help them along the way. Cause it all, you know, rising tide rises all boats. I think what Tannehill was trying to say is like, yeah, like as long as you're not like an outright jerk to them, as long as you're not trying to sabotage them, then I don't think that there's any issue with what's going on. I think it's, you know, Hey, listen, I will be a leader to the, I, I wish he would have answered that a little bit better, but like, I'll be a leader to this team. I will try to help Malik Willis get better just as I want Derek Henry to get better as I want Robert Woods to get better. Uh, Traylon Burks to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I'm going to hear, I'm here to help everybody. I'm, I'm, my goal here is to win a Super Bowl. I think the way that he said it ended up sounding not as great. I don't think he's, I don't think he's out to ruin his career or anything like that, but it has been one of the more uh, amazing stories that you can see. And so, uh, you know what? It is what it is, but I don't know. I just wanted to address, I don't know. It was just a big NFL story that has been going on, but I uh, do want to, uh, do want to take an opportunity right now to thank Jeff one more time uh, for coming onto the show. Great conversation with him. We will be back next week. We'll be talking about uh, everything that's been happening in rookie camp. Hopefully we'll get a little bit of an indication who's starting to separate themselves already. But as Jeff said, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a process. There is a learning curve. You know, there is going to be some growing pains with this team. They're switching to a 4-3 defense, which actually uh, works to the benefit of a lot of our guys. I think they'll be in a better position to succeed. You know, I think of Gibson, you know, being there on the end, moving back to his natural defensive end position. There will be some cool stuff there. I, I think this will benefit a lot of people. But again, new coach, new system. This is why we get extra practice time as well. But I really do feel committed to the path that Ryan Poles has set forth. And I think that's the most important thing. So as you go along and you see people and members of the national media going out there and, and saying that they're they're doing wrong by Justin Fields. They're not helping him out. I am here to tell you, building a foundation for the future, building a team that can have 
years of sustained success is going to be much better for Justin Fields and the health of the Chicago Bears than flashy signings, than spending $90 million on Christian Kirk. And I know that's an outlier. I like the fact that Ryan Poles did not panic, did not go crazy, did not overspend, did not overcommit. He is taking a methodical, deliberate approach, and we can see it working. You are starting to see the pieces put into place. And that might not mean that we make the playoffs this year, but that's fine. If the foundation is solid and everything is set in motion, the coming years will be much better. So again, as as Jeff said, practice patience. It's all going to happen. And I'll leave you with that. We'll see you on Tuesday uh, for Take It to the Rank. We'll be talking about the Bears' rookie weekend, who stood out, who didn't, and uh, some all, all that cool stuff. And at some point, you know, we'll start to get into fantasy football. I was thinking about doing it today, but you know what? I was so nervous having Jeff in my presence. I didn't want to dive into that. But thank you for uh, checking this out. Make sure you like, subscribe. If you enjoyed the podcast today, uh, right there in the comments, just type the word sick. Just type the word sick. Maybe share it with somebody. Maybe tag somebody on Twitter. Maybe retweet it. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. Want to thank everybody. Uh, Thanks to Jeff for joining us. Thanks to Sammy for putting this all together. And until next week, bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.